And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Well, once again, hello, everybody. We are delighted you are back with us on Greenlight Reviews, the show where we talk about the movies, and we really love to do that. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we're going to review Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. That's a great title, by the way. It is. It's a wonderful title, and it comes from the fact that early in the film, Harry Potter finds an old book with all sorts of notes in it that are fascinating and wonderful and mysterious, and in the back is scrawled, this book belongs (laughs) to the Half-Blood Prince. And now Harry, of course, wants to find out who is the Half-Blood Prince. If you don't know, go see the movie. (laughs) You know, I thought this was a terrific movie. It was such a pleasure to sit through. It has a great story, wonderful characters, sensational character acting, I might add, from the grown-up actors, wonderful cinematography and direction by David Yates and company. It's really a first-class production. It really is. Some of the earlier Harry Potter movies were okay. None of them were terrible. They were all pretty good. This one is really sensational. And from the very first moment of the film, the astonishing special effects that they use, it really gets your attention and it keeps it all through the film. It is also, in spots, a very humorous film. I found myself laughing out loud. Well, now, Les, I'm sure you were laughing, but now I'm going to ask you to do something serious. Okay. Explain the plot to me (laughs) in five words or less. (laughs) Well, this is what everybody has to remember. If you have never read the books and if you have never seen the earlier films, you're going to walk into this one and feel like you are suddenly watching a film made in Lithuanian. You're not going to understand one thing that's going on. This continues the saga of Harry Potter, and you really have to know a little bit about what went on before. So I can't really explain the plot as if to say that Harry Potter, played, of course, by Daniel Radcliffe, has been anointed as the chosen one. Sure. He is studying, of course, at the Hogwarts School for Wizards, and everybody knows that he is really a very important person, but he is pitted against this horrible, horrible character known as the Dark Lord, and whose name is Voldemort, Mm -hmm. and Voldemort does not appear in this film. He appeared in the last one. That's really what's going on here. All the other characters have appeared in the earlier films. Rupert Grint played Mm -hmm. Ron, Emma Watson as Hermione, and she has grown into a very adorable-looking young woman. Mm -hmm. Michael Gambon plays Professor Dumbledore. He is the headmaster. What a beloved character he is. He really is, and in this film, he really finds his chops. He's a very good actor. He always has been. And how about Alan Rickman as Snape? He has such a commanding presence. He's not in the movie all that much, but when he is there, your attention is riveted. He is so wonderful in this. He is Professor Snape. He is wearing this black, black wig. And he always dresses in black. He's a very scary guy when he shows up. And I do think that Jim Broadbent all but steals the movie. He is Professor Horace Slughorn. He's a very colorful, bon vivant kind of character in this. And he's just delicious to watch up on the screen. Yes, he is jovial. He is funny. But... He is frightened to death about something, and he gets very, very nervous. And I love the scenes between him and Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, well, now I want to talk about the plot of this film and watching the three main characters, Harry, Ron, and 
Hermione actually go from being 11-year-old kids in the first one to now they are senior class kids at Hogwarts. They're probably 16, 17 17, years old. And I like the fact that this movie shows that these are now teenagers. They're not trying to keep them at 12 years old or 13 years old. They are allowing them to grow up right in front of our eyes. And here you have these great teenagers with their hormones raging right there in the halls of Wizard University. And I think that that really makes this story cook. It really sizzles. And it makes it very real because these are kind of universally average-looking kids. They're not extraordinary. And I think that's what grounds the movie, that you have black magic characters running around and you have wizards and you have magnificent special effects. But at the center of the movie are three kids that you can look at and say, hey, that could be me or that's the kid next door. And for that reason, I think that these movies really connect with an audience. Absolutely. I loved watching the romances come and go in this film, as they often do in high school. Sure they do. And what was neat about it was that it's not like a lot of other films and that you and I have seen in the last four or five years about teenagers that are bizarre and ridiculous. This was very, very real. I went through stuff like this when I was a teenager. Right. I think everybody has. Well, I will say to that, Les, it was great to see characters actually blush on screen Oh yeah. when they have their first kiss. That's about the extent of the romance in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I want to say, too, that it's not so terribly important that these three young actors are the finest actors of their generation. It really hardly matters. What I think is important is that they bring a degree of normalcy to the proceedings, and that makes the contrast with the professors and all of the evil doings and craziness going on and bizarre happenings. It makes that far more exciting because now, as I said earlier, you can relate to these people and you can say, ooh, there but for whatever, that could be me. So that's a very good point about this movie. I think that for people who are Harry Potter devotees of the book, They might be very disappointed in this movie because so much of the book had to be compressed. And I really have to say that, you know, just to take an 800-page tome and translate it word for word to the screen does not take a great deal of artistry. I think Stephen Cloves and David Yates have done a brilliant job of taking the essence of the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince book and then made it into this really entertaining and interesting movie. And frankly, Les, I am not a huge reader of Harry Potter. Nor am I. So when I go to the movies, it helps that I've seen some of them, but we see so many movies, I don't really keep track of all those Harry Potter characters from one year to the next. So I went into this movie, and I was able to follow it quite easily. I appreciated the fact that certain characters didn't have to expound on the background of each of the segments in order for it to be understandable. Absolutely. You know, you're talking about taking an 800-page novel and turning it word for word into a film, you and I would still be sitting there watching it. That would make a very, very long film. It would be impossible. And this is a screenplay. And please, even those of you who are Harry Potter readers, and God love you because I'm so glad so many people read Harry Potter. But this is a different art form. And remember that when you pay your money and walk into a theater or you rent this film, remember that this is not a book. They have done the best they could to turn this book and all of the Harry Potter books into great, action-filled, delightful, visually exciting experiences. And speaking of the visuals, we have to pay a big compliment to the cinematographer Bruno Delbon. The way David Yates 
frame certain sequences. He reveals or hides from the audience clues, and that's all considered very skillful directing. But again, the cinematography, how about that sequence when the kids are running through that meadow and the grasses are undulating softly, but you still see the focus on the kids, and then that foliage goes in and out of focus. Come on, this is great stuff. It really is, and that's the kind of thing that a lot of people who go to a lot of movies like we do, and they don't really look that carefully at them. They say, oh, that was pretty good. It's very good. It's very artistic, and you have no idea how they did half of this stuff, and it doesn't matter. It's really great to see this movie and do it with an eye towards the detail, because a Harry Potter picture is only as good as the small, infinitesimal parts of each sequence, and that's what makes the film so interesting and so fascinating to discuss and to review Again, I think the Potter books are works of art. I think that the films made from them are equally artful. So, needless to say, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince gets a full-blooded green light from me. It gets a green light from me as well, and a green lights to everybody in this film, but especially, I think, to Jim Broadbent. He is so wonderful as Professor Horace Slughorn. Keep your eye on Jim Broadbent, and of course, on... Harry Potter as played by Daniel Radcliffe. Two green lights for Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. We are going to be back to review another film very, very shortly. We always love talking to you about movies. We love going to movies. That's the fun of it. So I hope all of you who listen to us love films as much as we do. And we'll return next time to hear about another film. Until then, I'm Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that we're going to run into you, all of you, at the theater. See you then. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.